Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Coming up on episode 261 of Wheel Bearings, we've got the single motor Polestar 2, the Toyota Corolla Cross, the Acura Integra, the F-150 Raptor, the Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xe, more impressions of the Dodge Charger Daytona SRT, a wrap-up of Monterey Car Week, um, bad touchscreens, Lamborghini can't, not being able to rely on power alone, and more. All that coming up next. Did you know you can support Wheel Bearings directly? Head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia and you can become a patron today. Your contributions will help fund the platforms and tools we use to bring the podcast to you. And exclusives and improvements are already on the way thanks to your generosity. So if you want to be part of an automotive podcast like no other, head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia. This is episode 261 of Wheel Bearings, and we've got the whole crew back together again. Um, I'm Sam Abual Samad from Guidehouse Insights. And I am Nicole Wicklin from the Fast Women podcast. And I am Roberto Baldwin from, oh man, I'm going to think of the place. Uh, let's say Engadget. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere out there. <laughs> All right. Uh, who wants to go first? I'll go first. I'll go first. I'm ready this time. All right. Go first. <laughs> doesn't, not often I can say that. Uh, I have t- had two vehicles because we had the week we skipped, so I have two vehicles. I'm going to do the one that I had longer ago, which my memory is not as good as. So ask me fewer questions about this one, Sam. Uh, this is the Ford F-150 Raptor. Oh, I got uh, lots of questions about this one. I, dang it. Uh, so I had the Raptor, which is always a hoot to drive, especially when the place that you have to drive it most is downtown Boston. Let me tell you, <laughs> that was a thing. Um, if you ever wonder if this feels big, find your near big city and attempt to drive it and you will feel like you're going to take out every lamppost every curb every every everything like it's so big in a city it is not made for cities which truly it isn't but i have the proof uh so the uh, raptor is their off-road racing you're a badass and you go out there and you go crashing over the dunes and you're gonna do stuff no one else is <laughs> and, gonna and most do. of them just get uh, driven around cities yeah, you, you exactly. You, you hope you're going to do one day. Right, eventually. you aspire to be that guy. Yes. So if you aspire to be that guy, this truck will actually do all that. I mean, it is capable as heck. If you are someone who's going to do that, it's one of those vehicles that the capability that this has is far beyond even what most of the folks who will really go out there and drive it in the dirt are going to do with it. What it can do, it almost needs like the hands of a professional to pr- really. Put it to its limits. Everybody else, if you want to go out there and you want to drive in the dirt, you want to go really fast, cool. This truck has got you covered. You can do it. As fast as you can probably drive and manage, this truck can manage you. Um, It has a 3.5 liter EcoBoost V6, 10-speed automatic transmission. There's standard all-wheel drive. It has all these extra bits and pieces to make it off-road worthy so that you can you don't have to worry that if you get some air and you come down, you're going to damage your suspension. You're not just going to go boom, boom, and keep on going and be perfectly happy. Um, the neat thing about this, though, as much as it was 
cumbersome to say the least driving it in a big city it is it is hard to drive it in a city but driving on the highway a lot of vehicles that are really off-road focused once you take them on the highway they're miserable because the tire noise and the bounce that you have every little tiny pothole you go over every little crack in the pavement you don't just go over it you sort of bounce over it because the suspension system is just not made to be managing smooth rows with little bumps. It, it, it kind of wants to treat everything like you have gone off a jump. And you're like, no, it's just the city streets. It's, and it's and the previous gen Raptor was really like that. And yeah, it, it had a lot of that soft floatiness. And I really didn't like driving that one on the road. Yeah, on road, it was, it's hard. Like you think, oh, that's not really going to matter. Yeah, take that thing for a one hour drive on the highway or on a side road where you feel like it's constantly bouncing so much that it forces you to, keep more attention and keep more control of the steering wheel over long distances that gets really that gets wearying you get tired of that the nice thing about this is i drove it back and forth to boston i think like three or four times because it was just what i had to do this week it was really nice on highways it was nice in even like either going high speeds in highway traffic changing lanes we drive really super aggressively in Boston. You don't just change lanes. You change lanes. So this, this quick left-right thing, it stayed planted. You didn't feel that overly sway kind of back-and-forth motion that makes you think like, well, I really have to work to st- keep control. And just it was, it was surprisingly quiet even. Like you hear the rumble of that engine. There is no doubt you have a powerful engine under the hood. But it's never this annoying thing where you think I couldn't drive this for five hours you could totally take this on a road trip that was just a pavement road trip um the drawback to that would be that you would go broke putting gas in it um it gets 15 city 16 highway Ooh, yeah. that's a spread so it's kind of <laughs> I know it's a really big spread you know huge spread 15 to 16 uh so the fuel economy isn't great it's not great uh but well, because, I mean, you, if you bought that vehicle. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, you exactly. Yeah. You're, it's like, it's like, it's, you're probably not sitting there going, mm, Prius or Raptor, Prius or Raptor. No, if you're the person looking for a Prius, this isn't even on your radar. If you want fuel economy, <coughs> you're not even looking at this. You saw this and went, no, thank you. And then just kept on walking. Um, and there are F-150s, like get yourself a Lightning or something. If one, someday, uh, you know, get one of the other powertrains. This is not... That one. This is for the person who wants to be able to to do some off serious off-road driving. Or honestly, and it sounds so stupid to say, because so many people, you, you buy a car, there's capability you may or may not ever use, but you want your car to look cool. Whatever cool is for you, whether cool is a sleek little sedan, whether cool is an SUV, whether cool is a, a truck. If you want a truck that looks cool in the truck world, this will do it. I mean, it looks amazing. So I, I, there are drawbacks to the Raptor, but I love it because it does exactly what it's supposed to do. It is, it is as build. Okay. Is that fair? That, that is perfectly fair. And, you know, I mean, that, that's really all you can expect out of a vehicle is that, you know, whatever it was designed to do, that it executes on that mission, mm-hmm. whatever that mission might be. Right. And, you know, the... The, the job of a Raptor, of, a, of an F-150 Raptor, is to, you know, be able to do all that off-road stuff and, you know, and still be reasonable to drive on the road when you're in between your off-road missions. So, you know, if it, if it does that get well, great. Exactly. So, you know, for that reason, I like it. If that's not what you're looking for, then look at another so F-150. If you live in downtown uh, Boston... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, probably maybe, if you're, you're mostly driving no. downtown Boston, but, maybe no. <laughs> but but you got, I mean, you do have enough sidewall on those tires that you know it will survive most Boston potholes. So there's that. That's just most, size. I'd say like 75 percent of Boston potholes uh, will not actually swallow the tire, but there are that 25 percent that could potentially swallow the whole truck. <laughs> Going on in Boston, but you know. <laughs> We have the worst roads in Boston. They are horrific. Oh. They're awful. And as soon as some are good, it's like, oh, they paved this road. Oh, God, what's happening on this other one? Like, they've ripped something else apart, you know? So, have you, have you driven the Ram TRX? Yes. What would you choose? The Ram TRX dun, or the Raptor? Dun. Gosh, dang it. These are always so hard. Um, Which one rides better? The TRX. Yeah, it's I, always, I, it's always if it, it, it When it comes to... I know, right? When it comes to ride quality... And also just the interior. Now, the interior of the Raptor is really nice. I mean, it's a really, it doesn't feel like a, like a work truck at all. It's, it's beautiful. It has all these Raptory hints, and it's quality materials, and, and it's visually appealing, and it's comfortable. But I feel like, I just right now still feel like Ram, even though, when did they first introduce Ram? It's the newest generation. It's been a little bit now. 2018? Yeah, so I still feel like they're, uh, they're ahead of the competition on interior quality and ride quality. I don't think that anyone's quite quite gotten to where they are. I mean, they're going to have to up their game next generation for sure, but I feel like everyone else is still trying to creep up to what the bar that Ram set. So if you made me pick between Raptor and TRX, um, I would pick TRX. Yeah, I think the, the only the only full-size pickup, I think, that matches where Ram is, at least in terms of ride quality, not mm-hmm. necessarily interior, is the Lightning. Yeah, the, mm. the lightning, you know, I think matches and maybe even certain, uh, goes past the RAM on ride quality. Yeah, but and you're right. The the lightning is the exception, but that's you're also it's like a very like I if it was just overall, yes, that was the nicest ride quality. But you're, it's also that EV thing. Like if RAM had an mm-hmm. EV right now, I wonder if that would oh. still be the case. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so oh, it's yeah, it's that's a good it's point. it's a hard comparison, but you're totally right, Sam. The lightning has the smoothest. Most like refined ride of the lot. It just goes, and, and, and of course, goes. you know, there's no slipping. There's no nothing. Yeah. It just feels so mm-hmm. planted. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and a lightning is not going to go a lot of the places where you can go with a TRX yeah, or a exactly. Raptor. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, you're got, not going to. You know, don't go jump in your lightning. Yeah, you're not going to. You, you're going to jump things and you'll go break your truck. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> don't go jump in your lightning. Or, don't go yeah. jumping your lightning. Don't get the lightning. Get the Raptor instead. If that's what you're, that's what you want to do on the weekends. <laughs> okay. Don't go breaking my heart. Don't go break in my truck. <laughs> All right. What was the other one you had? The other one, which is still in my driveway right this minute, is the 2022 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE. I just love nice. that this this is like a small dissertation, just saying the name of this, of this it vehicle. It takes a long time. It's like a Porsche. <sighs> okay. It's like the yes. Panamera Hybrid E-Turbo Panamera. Yeah. Right? It's like the entire top of this piece of paper is just the name of this vehicle, right? Um, so this is the plug-in hybrid. Um, it has an all-electric range of 25 miles, and it gets... The MPGE, the combined gas and electric, is 56 miles per gallon, so a little tiny bit bitter, better than the 15 of the Raptor. Um, <laughs> and it, you know, it's the Grand Cherokee is actually a really beautiful vehicle. I mean, they have it's. I'm driving the. Whoops, as I smacked the mic. I'm driving the Overland, so you have like a leather interior. You've got plenty of room. It has all the bells and whistles in there. The one I have has the Macintosh audio system, which I think has like. 
has a million speakers to it. I've lost the number of speakers. 18 million speakers. 18 million speakers. Got Macintosh audio. It has the extra infotainment screen. I think they call it they call it a passenger interactive display or something. But there's one that's just for the front passenger that you totally cannot see if you're the driver. So there's no temptation to be like, what are they doing over there? Um, it's so that's always kind of neat and makes it. It makes this feel truly like a luxury vehicle. You get these little things that you don't find in just any car. Um, you know, that, that screen, that's cool to have the passenger side screen. Um, Did you have Russ uh, evaluate that for you? Oh, yeah. He, he's, we've had other Jeeps that have this. Cause I think like the Grand Wagoneer or Wagoneer, one of them has it on one of the trims. He played around with that. Um, it, was, it was funny because I, I love my husband, but when he's chatty, it was like, well, now it's just like having rear entertainment for the kids. Go play with that screen, honey. Shh. <laughs> he was like oh. playing with everything, going through everything. Oh, this works. That works. I like this. I don't like that. Uh, overall, he gave it a thumbs up. He liked it. He thought it was neat. Um, he would have liked to have access to more of the functions. Because it doesn't have everything that the infotainment screen has, it ha- he wanted yeah, it's everything. Limited. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Wanted- but, And you, you have no idea what's going on. You're like, is that wing working? Like when I had when I had it, I was like, is that thing working? I don't even know. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I can yeah, see stuff. You, I'm like, you what's really, going on? What's happening? <laughs> you can't see it. And to see it, like when we were parked, I leaned over once. I'm like, how how far does the driver have to like? peer over into the passenger side. I literally had my head like practically right next to his head before I could even see it. So there's no way as the driver. Yeah, which is good. There's no way unless you're practically sitting in the passenger's lap that you can see this when you're the driver. You can't do it, which is exactly how it should be because you shouldn't be distracted by that stuff. This is a as equipped the way that I had it. And it had like the extra stuff. There's like um there it that Interactive display is like $1,000. There's an advanced tech group that was on mine that's another two grand. I got fancy paint and a luxury, another tech group. So altogether, we're looking at a $75,000 car. So it's not cheap. But what I will say is it felt like a $75,000 car. It feel, has that luxury vibe inside, the quality of the materials, um, the style of it. It's nice to drive. You know, you have all the capability that you'd expect in a Jeep. Uh, still not Raptor level. Again, if you want that, don't go jump in your Jeep. Can't do that in the Grand Cherokee. Go get a Raptor. Um, but it, or go get a TRX. I'll stay on brand for them. <laughs> uh, but it's if you're looking for that roomy upscale vehicle for your family and you don't want like just enough room for everybody, you want plenty of room for everybody and plenty of room for cargo and that little extra efficiency of having the plug-in powertrain. Um, you know, it's so fun. It gets kind of fun to plug in a car. Like we don't, I wasn't driving enough to use all the EV range and all of the gas range in this car this week. But yet I come home and my husband has plugged it in because we have the plug for our car. I'm like, why did you plug it in? We don't need to. He's like, it's just fun. I want to charge them both. I want two fully just, charged vehicles yeah. in my driveway. It's just a th- like you plug in your phone, you plug in yeah. your watch, you plug He's in your like, just, It becomes part of like, oh, yeah. that's a thing that has to happen. Exactly. Part, part of like, your routine. Yeah, he's yep. like, I can plug in my mind cell charge. I'm going to plug in yours and charge yours up. So, uh, so that's nice. And I, I like how it drives. I like how it handles. I don't really have issues with it. I think the biggest issue is, you know, this does go definitely into luxury pricing. $75,000 is not a cheap vehicle. And even if you oh, take yeah. off some of these packages, you're still looking in the 60s, which, again, still not a cheap vehicle. Okay, Land so Ro- Land Rover is the, the Range Rover of America. <laughs> or the, no, wait. Hold on. Stop. Jeep yeah. is the <laughs> yeah. I'm like <laughs> I see. I do this podcast very early in my time. Yes, yeah. it is. He's drinking <laughs> Red Bull, folks. I'm drinking Red Bull and tea. A Jeep is the Land Rover of America. There we go. That's yes, accurate. Well, now you said it right. That was Good job. way too difficult to say. Good job. And, and you, you know, got I think it. you know this. 
at least of what's available in the market right now, the the vehicle that is probably the closest direct competitor to this is actually the Rivian R1S, mm. the the SUV. Have, have you driven the R1S or or, or the or the pick, you've driven the pickup? I drove the pickup. I have not driven the SUV. Yeah, I've driven the pickup, yeah. not the SUV. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean it's the same in. thing except <laughs> you know with the longer roof. Longer, basically. right, right, right. Yeah. So what you know. Based on your experience of the Rivian, yeah, how you know how how would you compare that against the Jeep? Because you know, you know price wise, oh, you know, the Rivian's a little more expensive. Okay, uh, you know, I think it, I think you're looking for the R1S. You know, I think they start around eighty seven. Okay, and it's all electric, right? Um, but you know, it's very clearly in that premium, uh, yeah, very off road were- capable. If you were to take out the, okay, one's fully electric and one's like partly electric, let's, let's you know, even that out and say that's not part of the equation. If it's just like sort of looking at the vehicle itself otherwise, um, the Rivian has this more of a streamlined, less traditional interior. It's very elegant. It's very nice, but it's very so clean. It's almost utilitarian in some ways. You know, it's very Spartan interior, although it's very nice. I feel like the Jeep, High-end Jeeps overall give you more of a traditional, like, I have the fancy, you know, contrast stitching and quilt. You know, everything feels more, I think, what most people expect of a luxury car. I think for some people, you sit down in a Rivian or some of the new EVs that are, have this very future-forward kind of look that almost makes them feel Spartan, like, wait a minute, I'm not getting a real luxury car here. There's not enough in here to make it look like luxury. Not in a flashy way, just in a certain level it's, of adornment that it doesn't mm-hmm. have. It's so not as bedazzled. It's not as bedazzled. It's not as bedazzled as other <laughs> Not vehicles. as blingy. It's not as blingy as as Jeep or any of the other cars that get into that, you know, SUVs that mm-hmm. get into that price point. Um, so I think for that, for me personally, I prefer the look of the Jeep because I prefer that more traditional look. But if you're ready to move towards something that looks a little bit, you know, more stream, a little more Star Trek, <laughs> a little more I mean, the, the, the Rivian almost feels kind of Swedish in a way because yes. you do get, you know, yeah, it's very, leather and yes. real wood, yeah. but it's, nice it's more yeah, restrained. It's, it's absolutely a, a luxury interior and if the materials are top notch. That's it. But it's, it's a very different type of luxury interior. And I like something about the, the interior of the Jeeps. I just like them. I, I like, I mean, I, I just prefer You feel more so. coddled. Yeah. yeah, something about it, like when there's, I don't want it to be like over the top flashy and chrome and garbage everywhere. I don't need that. But I just feel like when, I, I want to sit down in a car that's a luxury car, or at least that even if they don't consider themselves a luxury car at a luxury price point. Oh, this and, is luxury. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, you know, you and Jeep is definitely Jeep is moving into that much, luxury. Yeah. Right. But I mean, like Jeep, I don't think overall you'd say it's a luxury brand because a Wrangler isn't exactly a luxury. Do you know what I mean? Like they're mm-hmm. not like all in with everything we build is luxury. Although certainly they're pushing that direction. But I feel like I want to sit down in a car that's a luxury price tag and feel like it's like, yeah, this is good. This is a little cushy. This is a little fancy. I got cool. And I don't get that sense from a Rivian. I think okay. Jeep is more the, the, the I think the Jeep is more like Patagonia while the uh, the Rivian is more REI. Like the Rivian is more <laughs> people people driving a Rivian are more often like they they're buying it because they're like I can go surfing, I can take snowboards yes. and the Jeep is like, well, I can take my kids to lacrosse. Yes. Yeah. And I can mm-hmm. traverse, you know, the the great northwest or, you know, the great there. Northeast Fair. in the in in the snow and the rain and, and be coddled while doing this. I will, well, the, I will Riv- accept- the Rivian people probably own like at least three pairs of Crocs. 
I would, I would accept that I am more Patagonia than REI. I can live with that assessment. There That's okay, Robbie. <laughs> okay. So, so uh, one more question before we move on. Okay. You, you, you and Russ own a Wrangler 4xe. Yes. If you were buying today instead of 12 months ago, would you still go oh. for the Wrangler or the Grand Cherokee? Because you get the same powertrain. Okay, yeah. And we bought a oh. Rubicon because, and honestly, I don't think the, the like, a price point, price point aside, like, we're not considering the difference in price. Although I don't know how much of a difference there honestly is. But um, what I'm trying to remember. It's in the upper for 60s for the yeah, Wrangler it's Rubicon. Still not, it still wasn't, yeah. So, uh, okay. Oh, I, my husband really, 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 really wanted a Wrangler. So okay. I think with both of these sitting in the All driveway, right. he'd pick a Wrangler just because he had that, I want a Wrangler. He wanted a Wrangler. But... If I had a, like, if I had, and I also, my kids are both in college, right? So this is, this is a car for a family. You know, you don't, who needs this much space if you don't, you don't have a family, like kids you're putting in the back or you're not always having something, but you don't need something this big. If I did have kids that were at home, if I did have, this would be a compelling choice because it offers more room, more comfort and a quieter ride than the Wrangler does. So if you're looking for that, I would go for the Grand Cherokee. If you don't need all that and you're looking for a little bit more, also you can't open the roof. I mean, seriously, you can't open the oh, roof. You can't but you can keep your off. you can keep your husband quiet with that other screen. That's I know there is the there is the husband. <laughs> I'm gonna call you know there's rear seat inter, inf, entertainment. I'm gonna call it husband entertainment system up in the front. <laughs> That's on that side. I mean you can't get that in a Wrangler. So, but I think I, I think oh. me personally would still get a Wrangler. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. I support that decision. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, Robbie. The, the Robbie seal of approval. <laughs> Robbie, okay. do you give the car you were driving your seal of approval? I do. I was driving the Acura Integra A-Spec. Uh, this week, uh, well, not this week. Uh, recently, I drove the uh, 2023 Acura Integra A-Spec Tech. I got the manual transmission version. I went to the Monterey Car Week with Acura. And in order to get there, because I live in the Bay Area and Monterey is really not not that far away uh they gave me this to drive down there and back and have a few days before and a few days after and i it is uh fantastic that's what i'm going to call this car fantastic i think it's the um i know a lot of people are like well you know it's just a civic it's on a you know civic platform you, you know you can i'm like that's fine that's, that's not a bad thing <laughs> that's that's completely fine the the the, tr- the the clutch is outstanding the transmission is outstanding it drives well it's very comfortable it's fun to drive um, I had the uh, it had the the VTEC turbo four cylinder and I love VTEC just because I don't know VTEC's been the thing for gosh thirty years forty years one hundred and seventy years <laughs> and uh, Honda uh, Honda fans uh, love their VTEC um, two hundred horsepower one point five uh, liter engine it was uh, it was fun to drive and there was a there's such a huge difference between comfort and sport. That I hadn't, like, I was just, you know, I got the car and I was just driving it down. And I realized I hadn't put it in sport yet, which is weird. Um, and I put it in sport, <laughs> I'm like, oh, gosh. Because it was, you know, it was nice driving comfort. And studio put it in sport, you'd, like, so much more power. They turned the VTEC, they just turned it on. Like, before it was sort of switched off. And they're like, here you go. Um, yeah, it's, you know, front-wheel drive, wonderful. It's, it's just a really, really fun car. It's really great. Um, if you're looking to sort of upgrade your not insanely expensive performance driving uh you know this is this is this is sort of a and you're and you like front wheel drive vehicles if you're you know if you're not looking for a rear wheel drive or all wheel drive this is definitely uh the car to get um 
when I was a kid and I had a I had a Civic, I wanted an Integra, which I think everyone did. <laughs> Um, I think everyone who has a Civic now, all the twenty some early twenty something year olds, they're uh, looking at the Integra and they're like, oh, maybe I can get that. Uh, I know. I remember uh, whining about the fact that it is not a coupe. They they do not have a two door. Um, that's essentially because they're using the same platform as Honda. They would have to build an entirely new platform in order to have a two door Integra. So business wise, uh, that's it. Just that's just a dumb idea. <laughs> And, um, you know, nobody would buy them anyway. I mean, so yeah, few would buy them. The it's thing. not worth yeah, it. No one's right. going to buy them anyway. So you just, you know what? I'm, I'm fine with four doors uh, because you get a manual transmission. And the Honda, Acura, they're still offering it. You should still buy it. Um, you can't whine about uh, not having manual transmissions in the market if you don't buy cars with manual transmissions. Yeah. You can't it's drive around your fault. You can't drive around the CRV saying, save the manual. And when it's time to buy a new car, you buy another CRV. I'm sorry. <laughs> you have to buy the thing that you're whining about. Um, if you, you know, if you could afford it, hopefully. Um, yeah, no, I really liked it. Um, do, 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 do. Um, I was sad to see it go. And that's there you go. Okay. If you're, look, if you're looking for some sort of nice, stylish front-wheel drive performance, um, yeah, the and, and it's also stuff. reasonably practical because it's a hatchback. Yeah, yeah, it was a, yeah, that was my like throw my my junk in the back. All um, of your your fancy DJing equipment. Uh, no, but I did. I you know what I had to do because I had to leave uh, Monterey Car Week in order to go directly to band practice. So I had uh, two drum pads <laughs> <laughs> and like lyrics and microphones and all this crap in the trunk of the car. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So no, no, I, uh, no, I enjoyed it. It's it, it's fun to drive. Uh, again, you just you know you just I used to spend thirty minutes talking about the transmission and how nice that is. Um, and but it's you know and that's kind of a given at this point. Um, the combined fuel economy for this thing is thirty mpg. Um, I did a lot of freeway driving, but then once I you know put in sport, it probably got less. Um, I was getting like twenty nine point seven, I think, is what I got after a week, and that includes. Uh, driving around town a lot, um, going back and forth, getting stuck in traffic, uh, driving on some back roads. So definitely, um, you know, up there. You know, I, I wasn't uh, babying it trying to get the 36 highway. Um, and, yeah, destination is $1,095. So a deal. Uh, the vehicle itself was $37,395 because it has the A-spec. Uh, I just need to point out I have you beat my Jeep was one thousand seven hundred and ninety five. Wow. Yeah, but they had they had a care you know, they has a battery and that extra <laughs> that extra screen. It's so much bigger. Well, that, well <laughs> that that is one of the areas where Stellantis is absolutely the leader is in destination charges. I mean they mm -hmm. they have really moved the bar for the industry on destination charges. <laughs> in, in entirely the wrong direction. Yep. <laughs> uh Thanks, Jeep. Yeah, priority. You know, oh, you know, you know what I did like is the um, the vents on the Acura. They have like little joysticks that stick out. Mm -hmm. So they're like little gear shifts. <laughs> yeah, these four little gear shifts in the dashboard. <laughs> you can move it around. You know exactly where the air is going to go because you just point the little joystick where you want it to go. And I, for some reason, I really uh, I enjoyed that. You mean you didn't have to go down into a menu on a touch screen oh, to God. guide it where you want? <laughs> <sighs> it's the most. Uh, I just, just don't even get me started on that. It's just. <laughs> it's in the, no, no. Just give us a little. <sighs> 
right. <laughs> okay. Nope. Okay, cool. <laughs> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, I had, uh, in the time since we last talked as a group, had uh, also had two vehicles. I had the, um, the Polestar 2 single motor. I'd previously driven the dual motor, uh, which with its... Um, 402, 404 horsepower was really, really quick. Um, the single motor is basically the exact same car minus the motor on the rear axle. Um, and with just the one motor, um, but you still have the same battery, they crank up the juice a little bit to the motor. So, um, you get 231 horsepower out of this, um, 243 pound, foot pounds of torque. Uh, which is, uh, you know, as, as an EV, it's, uh, you know, instant torque. So it actually feels like it's more than that because it's just so responsive. Um, yeah, not having driven them back to back, I'm sure that they, that the, the dual motor feels significantly quicker, but this one is, is quite quick enough that, you know, I don't think anybody's really going to have a complaint, uh, with this, um, from a dynamic standpoint, the only very slight issue I had with this car was when I was pulling out of the neighborhood uh, and got on it, you know, when I had the wheels turned slightly, I actually did get a little bit of torque steer, um, which, you know, given the instant on torque nature um, was not totally surprising, but, but yeah, I got a slight bit of torque steer that, you know, I'm pretty sure I never experienced with the dual motor. Um, But, you know, it wasn't enough, it wasn't like uh, going back to the old Dodge Caliber SRT4. If you ever drove one of those, I never which, drove one. You know, if you if you kind of just kind of squeeze the accelerator pedal a little bit, it would pull over into the next lane. Um, you know, the, you know, hey you, one, I'm coming over. If the, if the wheels are in a straight line, you're fine. <clears throat> Only when you got the wheels cranked over, you know, as you're turning to pull out of your neighborhood or something like that, and you you get on it hard, you feel just a slight tug in the steering wheel, and it's not. You know, it's not snapping. It's just a, a little tug, which little is fun. Yeah, a little reminder. Yeah. Um, other than that, the rest of this car, you know, is basically as it has been since it launched a year and a half or so ago. Um, you know, the design, you know, th- this one is, is very clearly, this one and the, and the Polestar 2, or the Polestar 1, the coupe, the plug-in hybrid coupe that they launched the brand with, you know, very much clearly transitional vehicles for the Polestar brand as it separated itself from Volvo. And you look at it, you, you clearly see the Volvo design heritage in there. You know, if you took off the, the star logo in the grill and put on the, um, the, the, was it the iron hammer or the shield, iron shield, uh, Volvo badge on there, it would look totally at home as a Volvo. Is that what it's called, an iron shield? I, I think so, yeah. yeah. I'm like, iron- really- like Volvo had to tell me that I'm like, well, they just like dudes. But it turns out it's iron. Yeah, it's an iron shield. <laughs> like the little circle with the little arrow, you know, the yeah. dude sign. I was actually... this many days old when I learned. Okay. Well, I, yeah, I, I found I didn't find out like too far ago, like maybe three, four months ago. 
<laughs> like, oh, yeah, the iron, like, symbol. I'm like, oh, so it's not just dudes. <laughs> yeah. So if, if you were to put the Volvo badge on the front of this thing, okay. you would not even think twice about it being, you know, a modern Volvo. Um, as we get into the next models, the, the Polestar 3 that's launching towards the end of the year, and and what comes beyond that, it it start they're separating the Polestar design away from uh, from Volvo a little bit more. It's still going to have the Thor's hammer lighting signature, but everything else is going to change more. Um, but you know, as before, my only real complaint from a design perspective is um, just that the belt line is so high that you do feel like you're sitting very low in it. Um, Not me. But, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Mr. Giant over there. You remember, it's made in Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> for Vikings. It's made, made for Vikings, yes, exactly. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lovely car to drive. Uh, it has um, the, uh, the big uh, center touchscreen with uh, the Android Automotive infotainment system on there. Um, when you get in, you can log into your Google account, download your apps from the Play Store, uh, you know, so I log in, download Pocket Cast, log into my Pocket Cast account, and all of a sudden, my, you know, all my podcasts and you know the the st- you know where I'm, what I'm listening to, and what position I'm in in any given episode, is right there. Um, only issue there was the refresh rate for when it updates to when it syncs back to the server. Uh, in the version in Android Automotive, there's no option to change what the refresh rate is, so. Sometimes it takes a little while. So if you if you stop in the middle of a show, uh, and then you go and pick it up on your phone later, um, if it's like, I, I think the refresh rate is probably a couple of hours or an hour, at least an hour before it updates uh, oh. the server. So it might you might be in the wrong position in the episode, um, but that's a fairly minor detail. Um, one of the complaints when the Polestar Two did come out, uh, and same for the Volvos that have the the same basic infotainment system, although skinned slightly differently, is that it, at launch it did not have support for Apple CarPlay. That is there now. It, it exists. I plugged in, a, plugged in an iPhone. You get the your Apple CarPlay on the screen there. You're all good if that's if that's your preference, um, and uh, it it all all works really well. Um, the uh, the range for the single motor version because it's lighter is a little bit longer than what you get with the dual motor. Uh, so it goes from about 200 and I think 256 miles up to 270 miles. And, um, you know, I was on track to go, you know, to be able to get well over 270, um, with, uh, uh, with, with, um, driving it around uh, a mix of city and highway driving. Um, really, really enjoyed it. Um, and, you know, I think, if you're if you're looking for something with that kind of premium Swedish feel to it, uh, you know that's not overly flashy, uh, you know, but you want something electric with a reasonable amount of range and decent performance, um, the Polestar 2 single motor um, is is a really good option. The base price uh, on the the single motor is forty six thousand um, dollars. The the one I drove had $1,200 metallic paint uh, plus the $4,000 plus package, which um, uh, includes the Harman Kardon yeah. premium I was going to say, what does that do for the, $4,000? The glass, the glass roof. You get Disney Plus, you get <laughs> all the yeah. pluses. Yeah. Well, you, with the plus, you, you do get a heat pump 
uh, climate control system, which is Ooh. a little more efficient than the traditional resistive heating. Uh, you get heated rear seat, heated steering wheel, heated wiper nozzles, also very Ooh, handy. That's very if you, fancy if you and live cool. In cold, yeah. cold climate. Uh, you know, if you live in a warm climate, you you might be able to get you know away without. But you do lose the glass roof in that case if you don't go with the plus package. Um, power driver uh, and passenger seats with power backrests. Uh, and a few other assorted options. And then the pilot package uh, gets you the Pixel LED headlights with the light sequence, um, LED front fog lights, 360 surround view camera, the driver, the ADAS package with pilot assist and adaptive cruise control. Um, you know, for 3200 bucks, that seems a little pricey, but, you know, uh, you know, it's probably worth it to get some of the ADAS stuff. Uh, even if pilot assist is still kind of iffy. Um, but uh, all in with the $1,300 destination charge, $55,600, which, you know, for a premium sort of compactish, compact to mid size, you know, sedan shaped but hatchback uh, functionality vehicle uh, is good. You know, it, you know, if you're looking for something premium like that, it's, it's worth a look. Um, and then the other thing I transitioned from that into the Toyota Corolla Cross. Um, and this was the uh, Corolla Cross XLE with all-wheel drive. Okay. Ooh. And um, to be honest, I'd probably just go with a regular Corolla. <laughs> you know? that, uh, Toyota has a, uh, an SUV now. For every six, yes. every three to four, if you need something that's three or four inches bigger, you know what? We'll make an SUV for that. So they're it, getting every yep, every iteration of SUV like, they it's can It's the build. ultimate. What are those? Uh, those the Matryoshka dolls? Am I saying that? Yeah, right? like you know, that sitting, Yeah, yeah that sit inside. Dolls. There's just like they're so wedged. There's just they're just right up. There's just so many in there. It's not like five. There's like fifty in that and, tiny yeah. little thing. And to be fair, <laughs> every automaker is doing that. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, this, is, <laughs> this is not a Toyota phenomenon. Um, yeah, the. The, pull, the Corolla Cross is fine. You know, it is it is a perfectly acceptable it's compact fine. crossover. It's, fine. Yeah. it's it's smaller than the RAV4. Um, it's bigger than a CHR. Um, it's you know, it kind of has that RAV4 look and shape to it. You know, which is fine. I, I don't mind the way it looks. My my complaint about the Corolla Cross is the powertrain. Um, you know, it's got a two liter four cylinder. Uh, and a CVT, and a two-liter four-cylinder is not necessarily a bad thing, but this one, you know, it's 169 horsepower uh, and 150 foot-pounds of torque, and the, the torque peak is between 44 and 4,800 RPM. When you combine something that has modest torque that with a, it comes at a really high peak RPM with a CVT, it's... <laughs> It's not the most pleasant driving experience. <laughs> you know, it's and especially the way Toyota lot programs their CVTs, you know, where you get that motorboating effect where yeah. okay, let's rev it up to the peak RPM or the the, tor- the RPM for the peak torque and just sit there as you accelerate. And you know, so as you're pulling away from an intersection, you know, revving it at 4000 RPM, it's like <sighs> Okay, oh, we'll get there. Right yeah, we'll get eventually. There. Um, hey, where know. are you going? You don't need. Hey, slow down, buddy. Yeah, yeah take I it mean, easy, there, it's, buddy. It's it's a it's a reasonably roomy vehicle. Uh, you know, for its for its size, uh, it's you know, it's per- perfectly acceptable amount of room. 
Yeah, the XLE all-wheel drive. And the the performance is exacerbated by the fact that the XLE all-wheel drive weighs a little over 3,300 pounds curb weight. So it's it's not exactly a lightweight. Um, I forgot that it's all-wheel drive, so now I'm just like, oh, so much more weight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, if you, if you go with the front-wheel drive... Um, you know, it's, uh, 30, uh, for the, for the XLE is 3170. So you're looking at about 150 pounds more that you're hauling around for the all wheel drive. So, it's not so again, bad, actually, you know, if, if you live somewhere where, you know, winters are modest at best, you probably forego, you know, the, the cost and the weight of the, of the all wheel drive, um, and just go with front wheel drive and maybe the powertrain will be slightly less. <laughs> Daisy's laying over here. If you feel Did Daisy just look up like, what the heck was that? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, I mean, it, it's a it's a perfectly acceptable vehicle. Now, um, you know, the the one I had, you know, it was pretty much loaded up. Uh, had the, uh, the 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 nine speaker JBL audio system <laughs> for almost fifteen hundred dollars. The twelve hundred fifty dollar moonroof, um, you know, and assorted other things, and it came to a grand total of thirty two thousand four hundred and nineteen dollars. Wow, that's a. I mean, it starts at like twenty two and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, uh, that's uh, a lot. Four at <laughs> when, that point. When you're when you're up into that, you know, low to mid thirty thousand dollar price range, I'm not sure that this is the option that I would go for. No. Yeah, there's. In fact, you know, at thirty-two, at thirty-two-four, you know, I would probably try and see if I could get, you know, a Kona EV because it's it's Isn't not that, that much you more. Have, Robbie, is that what yeah. you have a Kona EV? Yeah, that I have is, a Kona right? EV. Yeah, you can get a cadet. Yeah, I think that's thirty-two. Thirty-four. It's, it's about thirty-four. Thirty-four. Yeah. 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 You I would try and swing four. that, and it's going to be a, a, a much more, more fun vehicle get to drive. Four. Yeah. Yeah. You get the Kona See, that's EV. the problem. There are there are other comparable choices in price that are better to drive, which is a problem. Yeah, and that's I haven't driven the the you know the new HRV yet, so I can't really compare. Uh, uh, but you, you've driven it's it. Really, it's really good. Yeah. I like I okay. and I say this as someone who did not like the old HRV. The old HRV was. Just kind of it slammed to together. Just, it was just, just like, here, like, here's a thing. Yeah, like, don't pretend it didn't exist and just go with the new H. And <laughs> actually, the new HRV, I would recommend to somebody. Like, the old one, I'd be like, don't do that. Do not go, do not go there. The new one is good. It's good. Ha- and have you, have you driven the Kicks, the Nissan Kicks? Yeah, I, in I fact. have. So would you, would you recommend the Kicks over the, the Corolla Cross? Because the Kicks is less expensive. Mm. And it's, yeah, you know, a lot it's, less it's, expensive. It's a lot less expensive. It's also just like your first car, but it's yeah. so good. It's like the, there are two really great Nissans right now. One's the Z way up the top, and the other one's the Kicks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the fact, top just, and the very bottom, they're doing great. Just, just a few days ago, I was uh, walking my dog, and I was walking with one of the, the neighbors. He was walking his dog, and uh, he was saying his, uh, his niece, 16 year old niece, uh, their parents wanted to buy her a car. And was at looking for a recommendation, and I actually recommended the Kicks. I said, mm-hmm. you know, the, the you know probably the best options for a 16 year old, either Nissan Kicks, Hyundai Venue, um, you know, yep. or you know if if they want to go with a the sedan, the really Versa, the Nissan yeah. Versa. 
um, you know, because you can you can get all of those for under twenty grand, or at least mm-hmm. nominally get them for under twenty grand. You know, not, I think the kicks probably twenty grand drive. markup on them. But, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't the kicks front wheel drive only though? I have in my head yeah. the kicks yeah. front wheel drive only. Yeah. So it's the only drawback. If you live yeah. someplace where you want all wheel drive, it's front wheel drive only. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, you know, for you know, for most people, even even in in winter conditions, you know, front wheel drive is going to be fine. Yeah. Um, we've so, had the tire. Con- we've had the tire discussion. We yeah. have had the tire exactly. discussion. Uh, you know, spend a thousand bucks on an extra set of wheels and tires instead of all-wheel drive, and you'll be mm-hmm. better off. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I would, I would probably actually recommend the kicks over this. You know, for like, was it nineteen grand starting price for a kicks, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's cheap. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and it, it's not as the powertrain is less annoying. Yeah, and it does. It starts nineteen thousand nine ninety is the MSRP. Okay, so I'm on the site this very minute, but still, it's under twenty grand nineteen nine ninety. That's yeah. That's I mean, a, it's, it's twelve. It's twelve grand cheaper than this thing. Yeah, and given the choice between the two, I'd take I'd take the kicks for twelve thousand yeah. dollars. If you're in that market where you're you like that price point where like price is a super concern and you have a very tight budget, that's a huge amount of money. It's a huge. Oh, yeah. even if it's not, but. Especially and, for a young buyer, that's you a gigantic amount of money. And the headrests, and which and, I could never figure out if they were actually working or not. <laughs> and and the and the kicks does not have Toyota's old Entune infotainment system. Oh, true that. Yeah, which yeah. the Corolla Cross does. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, mm. yeah, it doesn't have the new Toyota infotainment. So that's a bummer. There's yeah. that. There's a new Toyota one. What did I drive this Toyota recently? Like, All it right, works. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, some of the stuff that has happened since we last spoke. Stuff that has happened. Okay. A lot. Uh, yeah, lot, lots has happened. Um, the first couple things on here we don't have to spend a whole lot of time on. Um, but, I, you know, since you guys weren't here last week yeah, and I did – I had uh, interviews last week. I did – I talked to Tim Kaniskas, uh, who's the head of Dodge, and I talked to Mickey Bly, who's the global head of propulsion systems for Stellantis, um, about – uh, their ele- Dodge's electrification strategy, and we saw while while uh, Robbie was off hobnobbing with the fancy people in Monterey, um, I was hanging out with with people that appreciate Hellcats. Um, <laughs> nobody hobnobs like me. I can tell you that. And when I say nobody hobnobs like me, when she's, I'm, I'm be like, "Are you going to get food?" I'm like, "I'm not standing in line with rich people." <laughs> <laughs> so, I'd love to hear. Your impressions of the Char- Dodge Charger Daytona SRT concept? Me? Both or of just, you. Okay. You go first, Mr. <laughs> I hang out with fancy pants people. You go well, first. Did you wear fancy pants, by the way? I did not. You know what? I buy pants. For, I bought the I, – I, I get like – I go to – what is that place called? H&M or that's, Uniqlo? That's not fancy pants. Oh, no. I, I, am, the, I am a very basic person. <laughs> I, had a, I had a third – I was in Copenhagen, which sounds very fancy. But I had a 45-minute conversation with someone about how awesome spam is. So <laughs> – I mean, it is awesome. This person wasn't arguing with you, were you? Were they? It's they were. Oh, no. We had, a, we had a whole – we had a whole, like lo- – we were just talking about how much we love spam. Okay. While others at That's the good. table were – some of them were a little bit on board and others were like, what is happening? Spam <laughs> is amazing. I was just talking about spam last See? night that I would need to So I am a tourist within the world of the fancy pants. Uh, so the Dodge Daytona SR – Charger Daytona Dodge, S. The Dodge Charger, Charger Daytona SRT EV. Looks fantastic. With the Banshee propulsion system. With the Banshee propulsion system. That's the system. best name. I love it. It looks yeah. fantastic. It looks amazing. Um, I hope they can make it 
corner a little better during the current cars, but um, it's gonna have a low center of gravity. We can count yeah, exactly. On so you're gonna get that. So you get that nice little low center of gravity with that EV powertrain. Um, you know, they're trying to figure out how to make noise with uh, Banshee. I'm assuming they'll just play Susie and the Banshee songs over it uh, whenever <laughs> oh. you take off. Um, no, nah, it looks great. great. I think you know, um, as a person who really appreciates muscle cars but doesn't really want one. Because I grew up with muscle cars, and it's like, oh, it's the car my mom drove, <laughs> which is a weird thing. Like, must be my mom drove a wagon. Like, no, not my mom. Um, <laughs> what did she drive? We had a, uh, a Challenger, a 70-something Challenger. I forget which one. Um, and a, uh, a Javelin. Oh, excellent. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And the ja- like the Challenger we had for a while, and that thing was just, that thing was nuts. Um, my dad, on the other hand, had like a station wagon. <laughs> <laughs> When they met, uh, this is my stepdad. Um, so when they met, my mom had this challenger, boop, 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 and he had a station wagon. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, and then later they got rid of the challenger, and they got a javelin, and he got like a GMC quarter, uh, three quarter ton pickup single cab, which we drove her in all the time, the five of us with a single cab, because no one cared about seat belts back then, except for your mom apparently, Nicole, because you. you um, Long story short, I think this is uh, an outstanding vehicle. It looks, it just, oh my god, it's so beautiful. I mean, the, the, the you say what you want about muscle cars and just loud, dumb power. They, you know, mm-hmm. when they're and this when thing they, is loud. When yeah, when they're when they look good, they oh, they look. It's just such an an American art form, to be I, honest. I and agree. Um, it's yeah, no, I, I I am very excited about when this comes to market. I, I would love to drive one. Uh, probably again. Probably wouldn't buy one again because it's my mom's car. It's <laughs> your mom's car. How cool is he? But, it, but his like mom's cars mom's, go right. But his mom's cars go. Yeah, that's the, that's the weird thing. Is as, as mom's car. I, I you know I'm I'm a big fan of like the the smaller rear wheel drive like cornering. You know the the, the BRZs, the GR86s, the Miatas. The, the, you can't have those as the, a mom the car because your the, kids have to ride like on the roof exactly. or something. Well, that's you might I mean, want we drove it, a Challenger. I don't know. It was just like hey, get in the car, <laughs> <laughs> and they just had the seat, just the flappy seat, just an L, and just flop forward. And you're like, all right, get in the back, <laughs> you know, pop back. <laughs> um, no, it's 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 outstanding. Um, if I get one in for review, I'll go and show it to my mom. I am I am stupidly excited about this. Like I love the and I I wanted the 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 sound that they've created where they have a funky name the Fratzonic <laughs> Chambered Exhaust System. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's awesome. I I want to I want to drive it and play with it. I'm just basically going to be in the highway going zoom, 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 trying to hear what it sounds like at different you know how depending on how aggressive you are on. It's not a gas pedal. The accelerator. Um, I, the I go love pedal. the go pedal. I I think it's fantastic that they gave it this. Like we're not going to make this, you know, really powerful vehicle, but give it the refined EV sound. It's like, oh heck no, we're going to make it sound like a Dodge. We're going to make it sound like a muscle car. We don't care what we have to do. It's going to be noisy. I'm like, yes, bring it. Uh, I love that. I think the styling on this is killer, and I love the banshee. Like face they've created, like in the style of the Hellcat oh, the face. Banshee they, logo. Yeah, yeah, the little Banshee logo. That thing's scary. Also, when you were talking about corny, it was funny. I was watching a movie last night called Day Shift. It's a stupid, goofy, corny vampire movie that's like on Netflix or something that just came out. Okay, but there's a scene where the bad guy vampires are chasing the good guy, and they're all in Dodge Chargers, and they're taking. I'm like, 
they would not be able to corner like that. Who did this movie? I could accept the vampires. I could accept everything. I'm like, now you've lost me. There's no way a Charger is cornering like that. <laughs> there was a movie a few years ago where there was like a, clearly a car that was built to corner and then like a muscle car was keeping up with it. And I was like, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just, You're like, I just walked is, away. I was yeah. like, no. You can, say, you can accept all – it's like a car journalist thing. You can accept all sorts of stuff in a work of fiction. You're like, now you have gone too far. That car You've can't do that. You've gone too far. <laughs> I'm sorry, and and you know when the when you hear the the sound uh, the sound effects they add to some of these because you know usually what you're seeing or what you're hearing in a movie it's is not, not right. what what actually happened, and yeah. so, you know the foley work that they do with cars sometimes you know it's like I know that car. And I know no, it doesn't sound anything exactly. like that. They go around the corner. It sounds like this really burly engine wheel spinning. You're like, all he did was turn. <laughs> it's like, where did yeah. all of that noise come from? <laughs> so one of the Marvel movies where they added engine noise to the Audi e-tron GT. Uh, yeah, oh, I think no, so. No, they did. Yeah. Did they really? Yeah, I they, missed yeah. that. They added engine noise <clears throat> to the oh, Audi e-tron GT. That's I, I especially love old movies where they're driving on dirt and there's wheel, there's, there's wheel squeal. Yes. Like, yeah. and they're done it should be yeah. but it's yeah they're like well, there's in, nothing in, to squeal in, in, the, in the, the famous chase scene in Bullet you know I think somebody counted up how many times hubcaps fell off oh they fell off <laughs> there, there, there was like I think 11 hubcaps that came off the, uh, the Mustang or the Charger um, during the uh, during the course yeah it was on the Charger that was, that was chasing it the bad guys chasing uh, Steve McQueen uh, 11 different hubcaps fell off you know, from four wheels. As, as happens. You know, there's just, yeah. it's, it's a much they're, they're, Well, they automatically hubcaps. regenerate. They're just all, right. They're all just there. Regenerate. You lose one, there's another one right behind it. You lose that yeah. one, there's another one. It's like shark's teeth. Yeah, you know, Sharks exactly. have rows of teeth. You know, there's they lose already, a tooth, an extra one another one pops out. They know how you're going to drive. They've got extras just there just in case. Like yeah. Pez. <laughs> Pez. <laughs> Take one candy. Oh, no, there's yeah. another one. <laughs> Okay, because uh, yeah, I, w- I wanted to get your thoughts, yeah, because there, there's been some controversy about how loud the exhaust system and the fact that they're even doing an exhaust system on this. So thing. what is so what is the controversy you're seeing? It's it's too loud and they shouldn't do it. Is that the general idea? Mm, pretty much, yeah. Then I mean, those, you know, I'm gonna say those people. It's 126, are 126 decibels, which those is the genius. same as a Hellcat. Those people are stupid. If you don't, well, 126 like, no. decibels. That's way too loud. By the no, way, no, it is not. There's no such thing as a too loud car. No, I think is. Tim Kaniscus would agree that you need a burly grrr engine. <laughs> if you, yeah, grrr exhaust. As someone you who's need... on stage a lot and has to listen to a lot of loud stuff, I get, I'm like, oh, my God. This but that's weird. not a car. If I'm buying a muscle car that has that yeah. angry little rar, no, not a rar. I don't know. What sound does a banshee make? Banshee no, it's something completely it. different. Screams. I want it it's... to sound. I want a ban. No, I'm thinking like the, the animal, the banshee. Like a banshee oh. are like a mythical animal. Um, it's a, they, it's a they scream. They scream, right? They scream. Yeah. If you got a banshee on the side of your car and you got a fancy Fratzog chambered exhaust system, you want it to look, you want it to sound like it looks. Be noisy and aggressive and wake up the neighbors at 4 a.m. It could be aggressive yeah. and not noisy. No, it well, can, what, can, what wouldn't uh, surprise yeah. me is, you know, if they end up. Yeah, because since this is all software controlled, you know, using some geofencing to limit where, you know, how how loud it gets. So maybe in residential neighborhoods, 
you well, maybe limited have, it to 60 or 70 it decibels. Could have, it could have a button, just like, you know, like a lot of sports cars, you have the mm-hmm. sport exhaust and you just push a button and it's quiet. Like you could yeah. just have a button, you push it so you don't yeah. actually wake yeah, up. Yeah, Mustang's neighbors. got quiet mode. Right. You know, like I'm not, I'm not actually a proponent of like waking up your neighbors. I try not to. No, so Nicole hates her neighbors. That's what we <laughs> I try today. to be very quiet when I creep out of the driveway for a flight at four o'clock in the morning. I feel She's bad when I have AM. a loud car. I'm like, sorry, everybody. Blasting her banshees. Yeah, the banshee. Oh, Nicole's going to the airport. It's 800 volts. That's all I care about. Yeah. That's fast charging. Hopefully. Hopefully. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, yeah. depends on depending the charger. On where the, yeah, depending on Fast where you charging find the charger. Potential. Uh, yes, yesterday, I was trying to charge a, a Lucid Air uh, from a 350 kilowatt charger and uh, only got it up to about 180. Oof. Yeah. Boo, Ernst. Really? Yeah. Was this like at a public charger somewhere? It was, in a, it was an EA station in Santa Barbara. Ugh. Yeah. Santa Barbara. That's not good. That's a problem. And that was, the, that was entire... the second charger. The first one didn't, didn't work. do anything at all. So. There's that again. There's that Thanks, again. Electrify America. That just keeps coming back. Everyone's complaining about it, and rightly so. But they did put out a press release last week saying that they're going to do better. All right. Well, do better. I promise they're going to do better. talk is pointless. I want to see the charging stations working. At least yeah. acknowledging. My, so you know, my, acknowledgement. My, that's, the my, first, that's the first step. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. My Acknowledge you've got a problem. He had the chance to rent a, a Tesla like a couple of weeks ago at a Hertz thing, and he debated. He's like, oh, maybe I'll rent a Tesla just to drive an EV. to have some. And then he suddenly looked. He's like, wait, I'm out of town. I don't know where I am. I have to find charging stations. If it doesn't charge, I have to do a big, good bit of driving. I actually need the range on it. He's, he's like, no. And I've seen the problems we've had with chargers trying to use it on a plug-in where it's not a big deal if he can. He's like, what if I get myself stuck in the middle of nowhere outside Chicago? And I can't get a charging station. I'm sitting here for eight hours. He's like, I can't do that. I got work to do. He didn't do it simply because of the charging network. Otherwise, he'd well, have been all That's the thing in. is that the Tesla is the one car you couldn't get. <laughs> yeah, they're the most reliable. <laughs> right. But he was still nervous about it. He's like, I don't yeah. know where they are. I don't know what's going to happen. And what if the charging network isn't where it needs to be in the middle of nowhere places I'm going? I Nope, not going to do it. And it was, with te- like you said, with Tesla, which was yeah. the reliable one. So, All right. Um, Monterey, Robbie. Yeah. You were oh, there. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, you were, I was you there. were hanging out with with Acura. I was hanging um, out with Acura. Tell us about the Precision EV concept. The Precision EV concept. It looks really nice. Um, it sort of looks. I, I want to say the Prelude, the Prologue. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, you know, it has that Acura design. Um, what do you call it? Design language that we've seen over the last few years on the SUVs. So it's 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 right in line with what you'd expect from. The automaker, uh, it looks really nice. Um, Acura is of the two of the Acura Honda Super Voltron. I don't know what you want to call it. Um, <laughs> Acura is going to be the first to go to go EV. Uh, Honda is going to do hybrids for a, a long time and then go EV. So Acura is going to be EV while Honda goes to hybrid. Um, and so I think this was a good uh, sort of coming out for them. Showing that uh, the first ones are going to be based on the GM Ultium platform, and then they'll have their—I think it's called E Architecture. I probably yeah. looked that up. Yeah, that's a pretty easy name, and you know what? Good. <laughs> 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 I, re- I didn't have to look that up. I didn't. I'm like, what is it? E Architecture? Yeah. Okay. Cool. No, yeah, they sure. have the E Architecture. It's like super handling all-wheel drive. Honda's like, this is what it is. This is what we're going to call it. <laughs> we're going to call it exactly what it is. E Architecture. Um, no, no fancy names. No fan. No like weird. Like no. Just what is it? Yeah, call it that. <laughs> uh, so e architecture. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what's 
coming next. I'm very excited about the uh, the potential for an Integra EV. Um, I couldn't get anyone to say they're going to make an Integra EV, but they're going to make an Integra EV. They're, yeah. You know, that's 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 coming. Um, you know, it's it's. Again, I, I think I, I wrote. I've, I've said this a. I feel like I'm saying it way too much, but it's a marathon, not a ra- not a sprint. Mm-hmm. Um, even with uh, regulatory, you know, 2035, which we've known for like two years anyway. I right. think everyone's like, oh, my God. I'm like, we knew about this two years ago. Uh, plus, well, you know, what's going on with Europe with the exact same time frame. Um, I think Acura especially is should be fine. Uh, Honda will be fine because they're just going to take everything they learned from Acura. You know, that's their it's it's their performance brand. It's their performance uh, luxury brand. And if you can sort of, I mean, that's what everyone's been doing. Been, they've been electrifying their top end of their lineup and then moving that down. You know, Mercedes has done it. Uh, Porsche, well, Porsche, everything's the top end, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> but I think, you know, with, with, it, it's, they're coming to market like, you know, Volkswagen did with, a, with, an, with an SUV first because that's what people want. Um, so, I'm, I'm, you know, we're probably going to get a couple more SUVs. Then we'll get some nice uh, sedans. And then we'll get a, you know, elect, probably an electric CRV first from from Honda. Okay, I have to say I'm reading the press release, and you're talking about names, and let's just call it e-architecture because that's easy. They're talking about the next generation of Acura HMI with an intuitive and easy to use hyper wide curved transparent display and haptic touch screen, and then it says particle glitch boot up graphics. Oh you know, yeah, particle <laughs> glitch. I feel like that's a name. I don't want anything in my car named glitch. Glitch. Yeah, yeah. I that, feel that's, like that's, that's, especially glitch. given you know modern software defined vehicles, you don't right? want glitches. It's literally well, they in call quotes. the front particle, particle glitches. Uh, particle I, glitches as well. The fascias, the particle glitch design. You're like, well, yeah. Maybe. I feel like that's that's a poor that's a, marketing choice. It's like it's bad. They should have yeah. just called it. The startup screen. <laughs> yeah, just the start of that. If you had a car company, what is this? It's called car. <laughs> like it's called that. the car. Well, well speak, speaking of poor marketing choices, Mm-mm. about 12 hours after they unveiled the Precision EV concept, yes. they put out another press release announcing that their 2024 EV that is you know, going to be built on the, the GM Ultium platform, it's going to be called the ZDX. It's zero. Zero emissions DX. DX. Remember the ZDX? I remember the ZDX. I drove the ZDX. I reviewed it for Autoblog back in 2010. Huh. Um, it wasn't Why? a good car. Why? I, yeah, I, exactly. I think it's like Ford, the Ford Maverick. They're like, well, we have the DX. Well, I'll just say it, the ZDX. Maybe everyone will forget. Like the but they Ford brought Maverick back was... a name for the Integra. They, they went from ILX back to Integra. Why not give it a name? Give it a name. Why know. did we give it... They spent all their money on particle glitch. That's what we found out. There's other news. Yeah. What's the other one? Someone else is doing we'll call yeah. it the legend. The, the ZDX, the cross tour. Remember those? Remember? Yeah. Yeah. You oh, should remember because they weren't good. No. <laughs> there's a cro- there's a couple. <laughs> because there's a cross good. tour in my neighborhood Oops. somewhere, and every time I see it, I'm like, oh, I like sort of wince. I'm like, oh, that was a bad. I, I actually didn't mind driving the ZDX. The ZDX was actually pretty cool to drive. Um, it's just weird. It was just a little weird to look at. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. So there's these weirdness. So I also, I, you see, I accidentally typed in the show notes that Lexus has the TX coming, and I'm like, the Lexus Texas? Come on, <laughs> come on! Like, does nobody like? Like, this is going to be the Lexus Texas. Yeah. Does anybody not say these things out loud? I mean, I'm like Lexus, TX. Texas. It's not like what's that tiny little state? No, what's the gigantic state that like Lexus Texas? 
Okay. Well, I mean, you know, to to. Toyota's based in Texas now. Lexus, I, Texas. I guess the Lexus, Texas. I mean, tell me that's not what you see when you see Lexus TX. You think Lexus, Texas. Yeah. I talked to the CEO of uh, Polestar um, uh, while I was at Monterey, and we were talking about names. I'm like, okay, so you have the Polestar 1, the Polestar 2, the Polestar 3, the Polestar 4. I'm like, are you going to go with names? Because Volvo's going with names. And right. his, his reply was like, he's like, I've been in too many meetings where people trying to come up with names and then you come up with a name, and it turns out someone else owns it. It was sort of like the overall thing was names are a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. He didn't say that, but he's like, they're just a pain in the ass. He's like, I can just call this the Polestar 4 or the Polestar 5, you know, <coughs> or Sixer. Or I can call this the Polestar 2 sedan or the Polestar 3 SUV. He's like, I could just say that. At some point, yeah. you got to give a name. I think names are better. I so at some point, we're going to have the Polestar 34. Uh, uh, Polestar 942.5. I don't know. What, when do we stop? Well, I, 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 I do agree that I prefer names because they tend to be more memorable. But there's also, you know, the the, the challenge of... Lexus, you know, Texas. Not, well, the, well, there's, there, well, there's. <laughs> they should have just called there's the it fact that. that you know, sometimes a name may have a different meaning in a different language. This is which true. Which may Nova. not necessarily be desirable. This is true. Chevy Nova, which is the Chevy No Go in Spanish. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> or, or the Bu- the Buick Lacrosse, which meant something different in Quebec, in Canada. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it, it had uh, a less than desirable connotation. Um, and there's been and there's been many others over the years. Numbers though. <laughs> the oh, they just look it up. up. <laughs> oh. Well, I did. We'll, oh, we'll the leave more that you know. as a job for the as, as, a, as a task for the listener to. Uh, oh my gosh. She's your, on your Google homework today. I know. And now, what the heck am I going to get for like my search engine stuff now? After looking that up, go me. Good okay. job. Go, yeah, good job. Got to do private search for that stuff. <laughs> All right, moving on from the accurate ZDX. Um, did you see? Did you go see the Lincoln L100? I did. I got to sit in it and everything. And it's huge. Yeah, it's huge. I, I sat in looked, the foam buck in the studio and saw the clay model. I didn't. They they were still thing. working on the uh, on the one that they shipped out to California. It's uh, it's it is. Because so many companies are trying to make sure that their concept vehicle becomes a, an actual vehicle at some point, uh, Lincoln's like, nah, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to make this giant Batmo- Batman the Animated Series vehicle. Um, <laughs> you're going to sit in it. It's going to have a screen on the ground. It's going to have a, a little car, a little chess piece, they call it, mm-hmm. a car that you can turn around. It's going to have 14-foot wide doors. The doors are 14 feet wide. Just the open as long as the Polestar 2, I think. Yeah. Close. And the, the, the roof pops up. And the pop-up roof is the freakiest thing. The way this opens, it looks like something. It makes me think of like a spaceship like a from a movie. Yeah. Like when you're like, that spaceship doesn't look scary. Whoa. Oh, my God. Here comes a tractor beam. Like the way it opens yeah. up is freaking. Or it's like watching the giant you. squid in 20,000 Leagues yes. Under the Sea coming at you. Right. Like now yeah. it's coming for you. You're doomed. It's, it's welcoming <laughs> you. Oh, is that what it's doing? Yeah. Okay. Ooh. I actually like like it, I think it's kind of cool to have a concept car. It's oh, no, clearly it's cool. a concept car, but all that, like the practicality of it. No, your roof no, would hit no, the they... your roof would hit the top of every garage you were ever in. Your doors would hit everything in sight. It would never work out, but it's it it's no, snazzy it's, for it's, a concept. It is very snazzy. I really liked it. Um, it's 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 completely impractical. The the wheel covers are like 
three centimeters off the, not even that, like half a centimeter off the ground. Oh, jeez. Uh, the wheels that would actually go inside and the wheel covers on the outside to reduce turbulence and to look just look cool. So it kind of looks like a Tron car. Mm-hmm. Um, it does have a Tron vibe. Well, and that, yeah. that, that animated floor, when I was in the studio getting a walk around with the designers, uh, I asked them about that because uh, I, don't, I don't think you were – um, oh, yeah, I think you were both at the LA Auto Show uh, last November. Mm-hmm. Did you go oh, yeah. to yeah. the Subaru stand? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it like the, the floor? They, they had the animated <laughs> floor there. And yes. if you were standing on this animated floor waiting for the press conference to start and you looked down, it was it was like a like a grassy field or something. And it, then was it was extremely snowing. disorienting. And it changed. If you were just standing in their booth after the fact when it changed – You'd walked in and it looked like fake dirt, and then all of a sudden it changes to snow, and your brain does this like, "Whoa, where are my feet?" Like, yeah, exactly. So, so for the for this floor, because you're actually not seeing that much of it, whereas in the Subaru booth, it's just all encompassing. Mm-hmm. It's not as bad. Okay. It was. It's not as. It's not as 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 disorientating as the floor at the Subaru. Booth. <laughs> well, and the, um, and the thing that they told me because you really you know, kind of have they, to look down, and then when you look down, it's like it's sort of like out of focus because you're only yeah. seeing this one thing as opposed to this big giant. It's like moving your your face really close up to a picture. It's kind of like okay. that, and yeah. you're sort of flying over things. I, I don't know. I think though, if you were driving and that was happening, that's that's a bad scene. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I asked them about that, and and they said that yeah, they had seen that Subaru booth at the show. And um, we can make a they, car they, with that. They thought about that. Well, no, they, they, they said, you know, and they had already been working on this anyway. Uh, but they, they, they took that into consideration. They actually slowed down the animation because that was one of the oh, things okay. that they studied that, you know, because that was moving a little bit too fast, uh, the, the way the Subaru did it. And so they, they slow it down. So it's actually, a, I guess, a very slow moving animation. It's supposed to give the impression of flying over the clouds. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like there's sand dunes and then clouds okay. and then something purple, which I made the yeah. joke that we're flying over Prince's house. <laughs> um, but no, it, I, you know, I like, I like a big ridiculous, um, concept car that looks cool. And then that's exactly what it was. And, uh, it was fun watching them having to open and close because they had to remove the back part of it and do all this stuff. And, um, I had to shoot video of it before they did the unveiling. And the area was so tight, and I was just like, ah! And I shot a bunch of video, and so this is uh, just a little side note. Uh, as a professional, I shot uh, five stand-ups without the audio turned on. <laughs> so there are now five stand-ups <laughs> saved on my computer of me with just dead silence. I'm just a mime. I got to put inter- I had to put intercards in between it, like a like an old twenties movie, and put some jank- <laughs> piano. You just have to do it. some ADR. Yeah. yeah. Remember so, yeah. what you said and, and re-record the audio. And yeah, so I had to redo – once I realized what I did, I did it all again um, because I'm a professional. Did you but, do it – you had to do all of it again? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, do it all. I, I missed one, though, so I ended up having to do voiceover for one of them. Um, I thought I covered them all, but I missed one. So. <sighs> anyway, all right. Hard to uh, Stressful. Stressful, <laughs> yes. Any other highlights you saw in Monterey that uh... – uh, The Myers-Manx. Rhymes with Spanx. Um, oh, yeah. Looks outstanding, the EV version. I went over, I talked to him. I uh, I told him how much I, I, how sad I was that the Volkswagen wasn't going to do it. Um, I actually prefer this one. Um, I think the other one, the other one if it's smaller, um, you know, you're not going to get a, you can get one without a lot of range, which is totally fine. Uh, the idea of driving around in a Myers-Manx, it's an EV in town, sounds outstanding. 
You can solve crimes. You can be in a wacky <laughs> race of some sort. I want to solve crimes. Anything you want to do with a dune buggy, you can do with this um, within your, your, your neighborhood. Um, I don't know how well it would do in, in Boston in the winter or in Michigan, but here in my, neck of, in my neck of woods. Just to bundle up, you know, wear, wear extra layers. Yeah, just throw some extra. I mean, you've got you have a convertible. You've driven around in the cold with the top down because it's a convertible. <clears throat> Only down to forty degrees. See, that's perfect. Yeah, you're good. There you go. Myers Manx rides a Spanx. <laughs> <laughs> just Spanx. remember that because the people Max Mink. It's like Tycon. I'm like it's yeah. like a like you're you're wearing a tie and you're you're William Shatner and you're con. yelling con. Tycon. Tycon. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. I had not thought of it in that in that term in those terms, but okay. There you go. William Shatner wearing a tie, yelling con. Oh my right. gosh, now that's in my head and I'm not really complaining. See, you'll about never that. forget you'll never forget That'll work. Manx, Manx rides a Spanx, Tycon. Shatner wearing a tie. You're welcome. You're welcome, listeners. <laughs> okay, so now we all know how to pronounce Tycon. <laughs> um, okay. Next. Touch screens. Next. Touch screens are bad. Uh, so say the Swedes. So say um, the, so say we all. Yeah. So uh, they, there was a study recently done in Sweden of um, they they used a bunch of modern vehicles and they ran through a series of tasks. Uh, they did the uh, see, I think they did the, Vol- the a 2005 Volvo V70, MG Marvel R, BMW iX, Seat Leon, uh, Dacia Sendero, Volvo C40. And, uh, uh, and also a Tesla Model 3 uh, and a few others um, that have varying degrees of, of user interface with, with touchscreens and physical controls. And um, they had a, a four tasks that they had to do uh, while they were driving, and they measured the amount of time it took to complete the four tasks. Um, the, uh, let's see, the BMW iX... Uh, wow. Oh, sorry. The MG Marvel R was the worst. It took 44.9 seconds of looking away from the, wow. the, the road to do these tasks. Um, the BMW iX, 30.4 seconds. And um, the 2005 Volvo uh, only took 10 seconds. Um, and even the, even the new C40, the current C40, only took 13.7 seconds. Um, what do you think? That uh, makes sense to me. After it dri- does. Having, having driven lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of cars, I'm still a huge fan of actual physical things that I can touch and feel and have muscle memory and not have to, like, steady my hand. Just, yeah. a, just a button for things. Just a normal button would be nice. I don't want to have to dig into your infotainment to turn up the heat or turn down the heat or... I mean, I, I, like, I want it to be a display for things. Like, in my ultimate world, it would be the display for things, but everybody else would be a nice, easy-to-use button that didn't require stupid dials or stupid touchpads. Just give me some buttons to do the things mm-hmm. I need to do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And, and, you know, those, those buttons and dials, they, they never freeze up. They never lock up. Nope. They don't need rebooting. <laughs> I can turn the heat up and down <laughs> with my hand. <laughs> I can turn the audio yeah. up and down. And you know where it is. And you learn where it is. Once you get used to it in your car, you don't even you don't have to look. You're like volume there. Whatever you you just it takes two seconds as opposed like people say, Oh, but then your you know, your 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 hands are off the wheel. Yeah, otherwise my hand and my eyes are off the wheel because I'm trying to off the road because I'm trying to find 
where it is in the touchscreen, you know? Yep. Well, and this, this was the other thing uh, that they also measured in addition to the time. They, they looked at um, the angle down that the driver had to look to actually oh, do these tasks. Away. Yeah. Yeah. And in that MG, uh, which is not not the classic MG, but this is, uh, you know, MG, the MG brand is now owned by SAIC in China. Uh, that MG, uh, the driver had to lower their line of sight by 56 degrees to see the bottom edge of the screen. 56 degrees. That's pretty significant. That's where all their I'm stuff's like, usually hanging the, out. The Mer- yeah, the Mercedes GLB was only 20 degrees. Uh, so, it's up. you know, and this... This is yeah. So up, basically up, you know, closer okay. to the, your line of sight when you're watching the road. And this is part of the reason why so many modern vehicles have the screen mounted, you know, kind of like a tablet up on top of the dashboard instead of being down in the center stack. So that you know, you're even even when you do look at the screen, you can still see the road in your peripheral vision. Uh, so it's 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 a much safer solution. <sighs> Or at least say, it should well, be. I've gotten, I've gotten be. used to my car, and I've gotten used to my touchscreen. I'm like, well, that's great, but it's still taking you three taps to do something that should just be a twist or a flick. <laughs> twist yep. or a flick. That's all. Twist or, that's the only acceptable motions. <laughs> twist and flicks. Twist, twists and flicks. Okay. Twist, flicks, and taps. <laughs> Put presses. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Um, then there was an article in uh, TechCrunch by some guy named Roberto Baldwin. Oh, he's he a, doesn't uh, know much. No, I'm about sorry. Lamborghini. He's a dirty hack. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what did Lamborghini have to say? Uh, so I spoke with uh, Lamborghini's uh, brand new CTO, Mr. Moore. Uh, I, I used to speak with Maurizio pretty often. Um, he was the former CTO. And the new CTO, you know, it, you know they're sort of still moving along at the same pace when it comes to electrification and talking about what they're going to do. Uh, what was interesting is that, and you know, the reality is, well, it's the reality is that Lamborghini, like, you know, years ago, you could have just been like, Oh, our zero to 60 is, you know, four seconds. It's three and a half seconds. It's 4.5 seconds. And everyone would be like, Ooh, well, there's a, there's a Kia now. <laughs> That's yeah. a zero to 60 in like three point <laughs> and 3.6 seconds. A Kia. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. not that there's anything wrong with Kia. No, no, no. And the EV, the EV6 Just unexpected. GT, yeah, yeah, the EV6 GT. I'm very excited to drive that, um, but it's not a Lamborghini. And so, how does Lamborghini sort of? How do you how do you go from this performance brand that you know for years you're like we have these giant engines that we've stuck in these machines and they're going to go really fast. And so they've, they've realized that they can't – you can't really compete on just going from zero to six because you hit an upper limit when it comes to, A, what people can actually enjoy. Um, you know, I think there's, a, there's, there's more than a few people that I've done, uh, like, launch control in in an EV, and they're like, I don't like that. Don't do that again. Because, mm-hmm. it's, it, you know, it's, it's sort of ex- exhilarating when you're the driver, but it's also sort of fleeting. Because you did it mm-hmm. like three times, you're like, "Well, I'm never going to do this again." Right. You think you're going to, but you're only going to do it when you like a family member comes over or a friend. So how do you, you know? So Lamborghini is is has realized that that's not going to win them, people. Like just that that arms race is essentially over. Everyone's going to have, you know, these two second, these two and a half second, zero to sixty times. So that's it's done. Don't let's let's not like so so they're looking at drivability essentially and and. I, and I believe during our conversation, we actually talked about the Miata, the drivability of the vehicle, and also the um, what you're getting, what you're getting from 
Lamborghini as a, as an automaker. And so when people get out of the vehicle, it's more important that they've had a good time as opposed to just going, you know, in a straight line very quickly, which is, mm-hmm. you know, it's refreshing and it's smart. And if you're at this point, if you're only going for that zero to 60 time, you're, 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 it's the competition, it's, it's everyone's just going to hit the upper limit and that's it. I mean, literally everyone. You can yeah. say, well, yeah. the Tesla Plaid will do it in two seconds. So will the Lucid and so will probably Kia in six months. Yeah. <laughs> it's just everyone it's, can go that fast. It's just that they don't. That's <laughs> right. It's more yeah. about the overall experience. And, and you know, Tim Kaniskas told me the same thing that, you know, we're not, you know, with, with our EVs, the Dodge EVs, we're not necessarily going for being the absolute fastest, at least not with, you know, with the, the road cars. You know, it's, it's more about the overall experience of driving this vehicle. Uh, you know, and I'll be curious to see, you know, I mean, obviously with Dodge, you know, it's about the noise and the, the shift points because they've got a multi-point transmission. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be curious to see what Lamborghini is going to do. Did he give you any hints about, you know, specifically what kinds of things that they would do differently to set Lamborghini apart from other brands? Well, they have their LDVI system, which I've tested before in, a, I believe, a Huracan um, at Willow Springs. Uh, what happened was is that I went to Willow Springs. Um, the Huracan is not a very big vehicle to begin with. I stuck a helmet on, and that's 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 me with my head crook, cocked at like a 45-degree angle. I'm just kind of crammed in there like a sardine in a tiny in a tiny little can trying to drive this vehicle. And the idea was the Herc, the LDVI system helps you helps correct your bad driving, and because I was sitting at the weirdest position possible, I could actually feel it like correcting like like bad lines, like as I was starting to like slip a little bit, and so they talked about making that, uh, you know, it, it better, and 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 upgrading it for an electrified system because they have so much more control with torque vectoring. And so they're, you know, he's talking about how we're going to, you know, adjust differentials and, and, and t- adjust torque vectoring. So the driving experience is a lot nicer. And he's like, we, we want to go beyond what everyone else is doing. And, and you know, he gave props to, to Porsche and to Audi, which, of course, are both part of the Volkswagen group, which Lamborghini is part of. But the reality is both of those vehicles actually drive really well mm-hmm. because of all the engineering that Porsche has done on uh, what Audi have done with those vehicles. And so Lamborghini wants to go to the next level because they have to deliver that supercar sort of drivability in a world where supercars aren't the fastest vehicles anymore. Or or, or they're, they're just on par with, again, a Kia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the supercar, the idea of the supercar is like everything's kind of a supercar when you get down to it with the power they can do. So, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, a lot, it's going to be a lot about design, and they're going to do some, you know, he's like, well, I can't tell you what's going to happen in five years, which is something, you know, I talked to the CEO of Lamborghini six months ago, and it was the same thing. He's like, we don't know what we don't know. Um, and so, the, you know, they're, they're thinking about sound. You know, they don't want to have an artificial sound. They're trying to figure out how to do a sound that's, that ties in with the EV powertrain. Um, and so it's, 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 it's super interesting what Lamborghini is, is thinking about for the future because – you know, for years, Ferrari was sort of like, that's the one everyone was getting. And then Lamborghini sort of came out of nowhere and was like, look at these vehicles. And, it, you know, it helped that they were purchased by the Volkswagen Group. So they have all, you know, they got some investment and kind of allowed them to be Lamborghini, which is what's, you know, which Geely allowed Volvo to do. And so it's, it's yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to happen in the next few years from Lamborghini as they start moving uh, forward into electrification. 
and they seem, you know, CEO, CTO, the whole team seemed pretty excited about what they what they can accomplish. So we'll see. I'll see what happens. Okay. Um, and you know, since the whole world seems to be going for electric vehicles, um, last couple of items we've got. Um, as you mentioned earlier, Robbie, you know, the state of California has been talking for a couple of years now, at least, about eventually banning sales of new internal combustion vehicles in the state. Uh, and Air Resources Board made that official, uh, I think, on Thursday. Um, 2035 is the end date for new ICEs. You'll still be able to buy and sell used ICEs uh, for the foreseeable future. And it's gonna, still going to be a lot of those around it's going to take a long time for all those to be retired and replaced but no more new ones and uh, i guess the state of washington quickly followed and passed their own similar rule um so it's at least two states now and i think most of the other dozen or so states that follow the california zev mandates the zero emission vehicle mandates uh, have also indicated that they're going to go down the same path of banning new internal combustion vehicles uh after 2035 um but even before that, the Bank Australia, uh, a big major bank down under, uh, announced that it will no longer provide um, financing for gasoline vehicles starting in wow. 2025. So if you want to buy a non-EV in 2025 in Australia, you'll have to find a different bank to get you a loan to, for that thing. Any thoughts? I mean, I live in California. I've dealt with CARB my entire life. Um, we have a lot of cars. I remember how horrible the, the, the smog was in the L.A. area and in you know, most of the cities. The smog is still not great. Um, and I think you know, it's, it's a, it's a car-centric culture here in California. Even you know, when I moved to San Francisco, one of the things when I was talking to the college was like, don't bring your car. And I'm like, <laughs> and I ended up not driving my car for like 18 months while I was here. Well, when I first moved to San Francisco, I lived in the city. I worked in the city. I went to school in the city. There was literally no reason for me to drive a car. Um, that said, the rest of the state is not San Francisco. And so we, we're very car centric. And so because of that, and because we don't like breathing, um, you know, trash, uh, you know, we've, California as a state has been very, has been sort of like at the forefront of emissions and, you know, this is this is expected. Two years ago, there was an executive order uh, signed by Gavin Newsom. We have 12 years to get this right. Um, you know, 12 years ago, we didn't have a Model S. So between, you know, we had a, we had a leaf. <laughs> that was, yeah. we had the, the leaf was introduced 12 years ago, and this is how, you know, how far we've come in that time. So we still got another 12 years and everything. We now still have the leaf. We still have the we leaf, do. but we also have a lot more, you know, money going yeah. into the entire system. And um, I figure in 12 years... One or two of the um, of the uh, gas station, you know, the Exxons of the world are going to figure out, oh, you know what, let's throw a couple of uh, charging stations. Let's throw a little bit of this. Let's do that. So I think there's going to be a lot of change both in the EV world but also in the infrastructure world. Because I think at some point everyone's like, you know what, we can beat Electrify America and we can make money on this. We can do this. We can do that. And more vehicle to load will be coming on, which will be helpful for, you know, California when it comes to the uh the fact that pg e keeps lighting our our, our state on fire if you can power <laughs> your own house <laughs> instead of having stuff coming over to transmission lines and starting a fire um that's going to be great so it's 
you know, it's 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 an inevitable it's inevitability. Um, gas engines had a pretty pretty sweet run. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, it's, 100, it, it, you know, 135, 140 135 years. years. And they're not going Couple anywhere. Years. They're not. Yeah. I think people, there's, there are people who think that it's going to be a, like, oh, no, in 2035, someone's going to come and take my car. No, no. There's still going to be millions and millions and millions of gas cars on the road the, for decades because they're so well made now. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's 290 million registered vehicles in the United States. 289 million of those run on either gasoline or diesel. Yeah, they're not yeah. going anywhere. You know, it's yeah. going to be a long time. It's and I think that I think I made this. I, I wrote about this for LifeWire, and I said, "Remember when we all sort of made fun of people who had cell phones?" And they're like, "Oh, look at that guy! This can't even like <laughs> he can't even leave his house. He's got to be connected all the time." Hey, guess what? We all have now <laughs> cell phones. We all have a cell phone. I think yeah. I think a lot of the, the a lot of people are like, "Oh my god, look at this person with their EV. Look at this and." And within 10 years, they're going to be like, oh, I have an EV. And they're going to kind of forget about the fact that they used to make fun of EVs. It's just, I think it's the same thing that happened with cell phones. It's going to happen with EVs where people are like, I can't even believe you would have an EV. And they're going to buy an EV and they're going to be like, oh, man. Oh, man. It's going to be like <laughs> them. It's kind of cool. This is kind of cool. Like all the first – all the iPhone people are like, oh, my God, this is so much better than – oh, I can do all these things. And, you know, they're going to get an EV. I'm like, oh, my God, I have all this torque. I can do all these things with this vehicle. That's, it's, it's, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I'm. I know there are people who are angry, but I think overall, it's, it's not. It should. No one should be concerned about what's happening. What about New Hampshire? What as far as EVs? I mean, well, yeah. we just don't have a huge. We still have a really terrible charging infrastructure in New Hampshire, and um, you know, I see more and more of them on the road. You know, there's a couple. I've seen a ribbon or two. I, you know, there's a Tesla that I think is actually in our neighborhood because I keep seeing the guy all the time. We seem to drive out of the neighborhood all the time together. Um, I, I feel like it's becoming more accepted. But, you know, once as the laws change and knowing that the laws are changing, then, you know, 2035 is a long ways away. You know, yeah. it's, it's the future. This isn't happening tomorrow. It's not tomorrow that you can't buy a gas vehicle in places. You know, it's like like you're OK. And it's not like as soon as they stop selling. And like you said, every gas station is just like, well, Closing up shop. We're done today. Like we're shutting her down. We're <laughs> shutting her down, boys. Shut it all down. They got a, they got not, a big lever that just pushed it right, off. Boo, like in Star Wars. No, it's not going to happen that way. You know, it's 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 not like turning off the Death Star. It's not like that. So it's going to be. You know, it's going to take time for it to to happen. And I think you know, if you look at how much. Like that's when, when's 2035? How many years is that? Do math. Oh, 13. 13 years. Look at 13. I, years. I just, I just jumped to December and say 12. Okay. I'm so let's say 12. <laughs> so look 12 years backwards from now in 2010. If you asked any, like, did anybody, was anybody even looking at plug-in hybrids? Was anybody like hybrids were weird. Yeah. yeah I mean, 20, 2010, we had the, the original Volt. Right. The Leaf. And, and the Mitsubishi I'meve. And you look at how weird people are like, oh, my God, they're making electric cars what? now. These things are weird. It's a strange, strange, scary technology. And a now, range like, of like 10 feet. Right. And you look yeah. at how much, how much the public attitude has changed, though, in that time frame. How much our attitude towards these vehicles has changed and our understanding, just the public. Think, put another 12 years on that. It's yeah. going to be it's gonna be okay. The fact that the Monterey Car okay. Week is like a lot of the news that came out of it was EVs. And like yeah. I, I, I needed to do some pickup video, uh, some pickup B-roll of the Lucid Air, the Sapphire. And I, I had it like I kept walking by and hanging out and talking to them, waiting for people to move out of the way. And they weren't. Yeah. So I could take video of the Lucid Air. And, you know, it was 
and, and I, of course, that's a two hundred fifty thousand dollar car. Right. <laughs> but I think you know what I think it's going from being like these are weird, stupid little cars that nobody wants. Like as a perception, I don't mean that was a no, like, no. that was a no, perception exactly. that from perception. that like nobody wants these stupid, weird little cars. They only drive in California. I say that as someone from New Hampshire, nobody wants these here. To like, oh, that's kind of cool. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. Oh, that's different. And you could brands like Lamborghini and Dodge. Right? Talking about so, how they're go exactly. So when you stop just having this idea that everyone thinks it's just a stupid little car no one wants and only hippies in California drive, to, hey, this is really kind of cool. <laughs> this is a neat car. This is this is beautiful and luxurious. And, oh, my gosh, have you ever driven an EV? Suddenly this a perception changes. The scariness of saying goodbye to your gas car gets much less. So And you have plenty of time to get your head wrapped around the idea of, like, you know what? Maybe and by then there's by then the chances that you don't know at least one or two people who have purchased an EV and who like it and you've gotten to sit in one and experience it, most people will have by then even if they don't own one. So it makes the whole switch a little bit easier to more palatable. Yeah. Plus I mean I think a lot of people are going to it's going to be their second car when yeah. they, for for a while and as soon as they get it it's going to end up being the first car. I think it I would think be for us. I think that's what happens. It's, it's, it's the second car, and then, it, yeah. and then it just sort of switches. Well, I can get one for my second car. And then the other gas car is like, well, I need to go 700 miles, and I don't want to deal with, like, planning. So I'm not taking and by the, the gas time car. You, and once you have it as the second car, and you get used to it, and the sort of weird who moved my cheese situation of plugging in your car instead of fueling up your car becomes normal. It no longer feels weird to plug in a car. It normal, no longer feels scary to try to find charging stations, and you get more comfortable with the with the process, suddenly when it's your only car, it's not so scary. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. I think you know what's going to be the the big challenge. And you mentioned infrastructure, Nicole, uh, in in New Hampshire. I mean, even in, even California, you know, you drive around San Francisco. You know, San Francisco is a city where a lot of people have to park on the street. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know those those consumers. They're the ones that we have to get the infrastructure really sorted out for them because they, you know, somehow they're going to need to have a convenient way to charge in order to go electric. Absolutely. Um, And, you know, whether that is enabling um, chargers in utility poles, uh, you know, having, you know, installing bollards along the, the, uh, um, the curbs, you know, or, you know, where parking meters are, you know, just put chargers right there, you know, hook up a charger at parking meters, things like that, to to make it more convenient uh, for them, as well as having DC fast charging um, in the places where they go on a on a semi regular basis. Um, so you know when they go grocery shopping or whatever it might be, uh, you know assuming that anybody still goes to an actual physical grocery store in 2035 <laughs> instead of just having a, a little delivery arrive. bot bring it to them. Um, the, there, you know, those are the kinds of things that are going to need to be sorted out and we've got time and you know with the infrastructure bill that was passed earlier this year you got seven and a half billion dollars to to build out more public chargers and and you know the goal there is really to put them into under put a lot of them a significant proportion of those into underserved areas uh you know whether that's rural areas um or you know places where you know said people have to rely on street parking or whatever it might be it's 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 funny because they're like, oh, how are we gonna get these on the street? I mean, go to Norway or Germany or a lot of it, it, like you just on the street they just have charging things where where you park your mm-hmm. car because there's apartment buildings there's just charging things and it's it's yeah. BYO it can cable. Be done. Yeah, it's be it's I, bring your own cable so no matter yeah. what like weird thing you have 
Like you just plug it in, you plug it in your car, and you just wander off. I can remember a couple of years back we were in Norway, and I drove the car that we had rented up this like twisty, turny road to this fancy restaurant that Russ heard was amazing at the very top of a mountain. There's nothing there. It's like this little restaurant and a bunch of goats running around in a field outside, outside the restaurant, charging station. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So if they can get like charging infrastructure at the top of a mountain in Norway with a bunch of goats, I feel like we can figure this out by 2035. Yeah. Yeah. Get our act together, people. Yeah. Got to get our act together. On that note, uh, since we had a lot of stuff to catch up on this week, uh, we're not going to do any questions this week, uh, but we'll be back with some next week. And if you, if you got questions, you can always send them to us on Twitter. You can shoot us an email at feedback at wheelbearings.media. Use the link on the, the website, uh, whatever you want to do. Um, and thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Later. Bye-bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.